0: continuing in the series of uh, the doctrine of baptisms which is the third out of the six foundational doctrines taught to the body of Christ in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 and the six doctrines that are listed there for us is uh, repentance from dead works faith toward God the doctrine of baptisms laying on of hands resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment And so we come to the third of the six foundational doctrines, which is the doctrine of baptisms. And we've seen that the word is in the plural, not in the singular, uh, for it speaks of baptisms, plural. And there are three baptisms taught to us in uh, the New Testament. And we've had a look at the three baptisms as they are taught. Uh, The first being baptized into Christ. And every believer partakes of the baptism into Christ. I'm just going to recap over uh, some of the points before we get into today's teaching. And so, um, by default, every single believer that uh, is born again is baptized into Christ, and the Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes us into Christ, and we're fully immersed into Christ. For that is what the term baptism means, to be fully immersed. And then we saw that there are two subsequent baptisms uh, to the baptism into Christ, and, and not every believer experiences or partakes of these two baptisms. However, um, it is the will of the Father and the Lord Jesus that every single child of God should partake of these baptisms. For these baptisms are um, required if we're going to enjoy the fullness of the blessing that God has intended for us in this life. The two baptisms that are subsequent to being baptized into Christ their blessing pertains to this life and we're talking about the baptism in water and we're talking about the baptism in the holy spirit these two particular baptisms are um, for the benefit of the believer in this life that we dwell in now Uh, these are not eternal uh, there's no eternal ramifications with regards to these baptisms although there is the the indirect spin-off if that you partake of these baptisms in this life then your Christian walk won't be that much fuller and obviously uh, the rewards that you can expect in, in, in the life to come uh, would obviously be far greater than if you miss out on these two particular baptisms. And so we had a look at the, the fact that water baptism is in, in effect dealing with uh, the, the body that we dwell in. And this body, um, when we come into the kingdom of God, we get brand new spirits, our minds have to be renewed, But no change takes place in the physical body. And the physical body inherits sin through Adam. Um, For that is the sin virus that Adam has passed down to us through the generations. And so the way that the Lord deals with that is through water baptism. For the water baptism that we incur um, under the New Testament is death, burial, and resurrection. So we bury the body of the old man. For the old man dies when we come into the kingdom of God. And that body is then raised up in newness of life. And that is, uh, in, a, in essence, what water baptism is all about. But we're not going to go into any detail on that today. Then we came to, and we're dealing now with um, the third baptism in the series of teachings that we're doing, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this baptism is also a, su- a subsequent baptism to coming into the body of Christ. Not every believer partakes of this baptism. And water baptism, not every believer uh, partakes of it because they're not taught about it. Um, And so they do not uh, experience the benefits that God intended for uh, the church, for the believer to have through water baptism. In exactly the same manner, baptism of the Holy Spirit, very not very few, but in comparison to the majority of the church out there, there's a lot of Christians who do not partake of this particular baptism. Again, it's a, a state of ignorance and um, that people have not been taught as to how to partake of this baptism, the importance of it, and so they kind of miss out on the blessing that God has intended for them to have. And we saw that um, the main... Um, blessing that uh, this baptism brings into the life of the believer is that this baptism brings the the Christian into the realm of the supernatural in that we then begin to experience the supernatural power of God for the kingdom of God is in power. And if we're really going to experience the fullness of what God has has called us to experience in this life, then we have to experience the power of God in, in numerous ways. Um, and one of, well, this being baptized in the Holy Spirit is the, the, the doorway, so to speak, of experiencing the power of God in your life, experiencing the supernatural uh, God, power of God in your life. And we saw that... Um, this baptism is, uh, you, you have to receive it by faith. It's, it, everything in, that we, we we receive in the kingdom of God is by faith. We come into the kingdom of God by faith before we believe and we're saved. Even water baptism, although it is a, a, a physical act that we do, when we do it, we have to believe that what God has said about it will transpire in our lives, and that's faith, and that activates uh, what God in fact does through water baptism, and being baptized in the Holy Spirit is exactly the same thing. Um, and it, we saw that when we get born again, we, we have the Holy Spirit coming in, residing on the inside of us, and we are exposed to the Holy Spirit in a measure, for He is the one who baptizes us uh, baptizes us into Christ. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit, is just a different measure. It's the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the believer. And we saw the different terminologies that are used for exactly the same uh, event. Uh, Being filled with the Spirit, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit come come upon the the individual, receiving the Holy Spirit. These are all terms uh, given to us in scripture all describing the exact same event of being baptized in the holy spirit and so we mustn't get hung up on 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 various terms that are used because it's all one event and it's all um, talking about the same thing and it is an event that is subsequent to salvation and we had a look that there are two categories of phenomena that occur when one is baptized in the Holy Spirit and we've had a look at uh, all of the examples given to us in the New Testament and there are five uh, specific examples given to us of the accounts of of the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit and we examined them all and then we also mentioned about the fact that Paul uh, in writing to Timothy talks about him laying hands on Timothy in order that he may receive the Holy Spirit and we saw that we've had a look at all six of the the well five we've looked at, but the, the sixth one does help us to, to identify certain aspects of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so in all of the examples we've looked at, we've saw that there are two categories of phenomena that occur when one is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh and we traced there the, there's there's three aspects of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is common to it's the common denominator in all of them and that is that we said that each one um, you have to be born again for it is being baptized in the holy spirit is a subsequent experience to being born again and so the qualification in order to be baptized in the holy spirit is you have to be born again we also saw that every single believer that um, wanted to partake of the baptism of the holy spirit or was present when the holy spirit was poured out received the baptism of the holy spirit god doesn't leave out any of his uh, children or in this particular baptism as water baptism is available for all of his children he doesn't have a select few that uh, receive this particular baptism and then we saw that clearly in each one of them, the, the, the phenomenon that occurred is that the disciples spoke with other tongues. That particular evidence is um, reflected in every single account given to us in Scripture. Um, we had a look at the, the account in Samaria. The Bible doesn't specifically talk about that, but we did go through it. the fact that Simon saw. He, he saw quite clearly that each one of these disciples, and there were multitudes um, whom Peter and John laid hands on, were filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, the evidence uh, clearly would have been them speaking with other tongues. But then we also saw that there is a category of phenomena that occur um, only at, uh, in certain instances in Scripture. So it didn't occur in every, every time people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we said, because it was the Holy Spirit is showing us that these in, these uh, phenomena only occurred on certain occasions, these phenomena will not occur every time somebody is baptized in the Holy Spirit. However, these phenomena can occur as the Spirit wills when people are filled with the Spirit today. And let me just say, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, the, in the in the book of Acts, there were... There, there were subsequent fillings of the Holy Spirit, for want of a better word. Um, and so it, it, it is required of believers to stay full of the Holy Spirit and not to um, become dry, but to continue in, in the things of God. Anyway, so we had a look at the fact that there's, there's two categories of, of phenomena that can occur. And the, the ones that can occur, we said the sound of a rushing mighty wind was described us in Scripture. The, the, the Holy Spirit appearing as tongues of fire was described to us in scripture. Um, The saints uh, falling about and behaving like uh, intoxicated, drunken men is given to us in scripture. uh, I tagged into that uh, the fact that there is such a thing as laughing in the spirit and that uh, falls under the category of of behaving like one who's drunk. And then we saw in the one instance where when Paul laid a hands on those disciples in Ephesus that they spoke with tongues, but they also prophesied. And so the gifts of the Spirit were made manifest on that particular occasion. And so that can also be part of uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we saw that there are two methods that God uses in order to fill his saints with the Holy Spirit and the two methods that he uses um, is that he either fills the saints directly from heaven himself and we saw that happen on the day of Pentecost and we saw that happen uh, when the gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time or he fills the saints through the laying on of hands and we said because out of the six accounts given to us in scripture four of them was uh, the, the saints were filled through the laying on of hands it is the easiest way and the most common way that God uses to fill his saints with the Holy Spirit but one can be filled with the Holy Spirit um, directly from heaven as well That's it. just as an aside that's how the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit um, I was born again and I got invited to go to a, a, a Christian uh, gathering. I had never been to such a thing in my life before. I, uh, Christianity, I, I got born again at the age of 22 and Christianity was foreign to me. I got born again on my own in an office, I had an encounter with the Lord and within a week because obviously I, I communicated to people that I had given my heart to the Lord. So within a week I was invited to this Christian gathering. Uh, a, a conference of sorts and I'd never been to such a place before I'd never seen so many Christians before gathered to worship the Lord and so you know I was completely it was completely foreign to me and I was completely un, un, uninformed about things of Christianity the Bible what the Holy Spirit nothing of that meant anything to me I just met the Lord that week Um, So I go to this meeting, I get introduced to a a group of believers as a new convert. And one of the people in that group makes this comment to me. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, And had you spoken in other tongues? And I didn't have a clue what the person was talking about. The individual that took me to the meeting said not to worry. He would have explained that to me at a later stage. And so I go into the meeting, and these people begin to worship God. and The music's great, and I begin to worship God. I don't know what I'm singing because these are words I've never heard before. I don't know the songs or anything like that, but I'm just in love with the Lord. While I'm doing that, uh, the power of God comes on me tangibly, and I recognize it because I experienced the power of God when I met the Lord. And I just knew on the inside of me, that that tongues with that which that person had spoken to me about just i don't know 10 15 minutes before uh, is something that i could partake of if i would just respond and so i just i just did i just started speaking in tongues and that was it and i've been speaking in tongues ever since and so that's how the lord filled me with the holy spirit um but those are the two aspects of how the lord methods that the lord uses to be filled with the holy spirit and so we want to just do a brief in this series of teachings we want to look at now we want to look at the gift of tongues because being filled with the holy spirit is exposing us to the supernatural power of god and one of those um, exposures is the gift of other tongues for the gift of other tongues is consistent in all accounts given to us in scripture for saints who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Each one of them is given the gift of other tongues. And so we want to uh, examine the gift of other tongues over this next series of teachings so we can more fully understand how to use this gift and how how it can be a blessing in our lives and it should be a blessing in our lives um, and how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in it. But before we get there, I, I just would like to give just a, a brief um, instruction to help people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because I do understand that there are certain believers out there who uh, would desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit and struggle to 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 be filled um, because of whatever reason it might be. So I'm going to just give a couple of pointers to help individuals To receive the baptism of the holy spirit because it is available to every single believer and the first thing we need to we can open up with the scripture and let's go have a look at luke chapter 11 verse 13 and so we've seen that being filled with the holy spirit is an event that takes place subsequent to be born again so the only qualification that is required of the saint in order to be baptized with the holy spirit is they need to be a saint they need to be born again once you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit is available. He really dwells within you, but he, you have that, um, you've got the, 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 I don't know, you've got permission from, from heaven to now be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we look at Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Scripture says, this is our Lord speaking. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father... Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. And so our Lord is clearly talking to us about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because no unbeliever can go to God and say, God, God, give me your Holy Spirit. Because you're a good God, you're going to give me the Holy Spirit. That's not going to happen. We have to be born again first. And so once we're born again, that's when our Lord is saying, now you're going to go to your Heavenly Father and you're going to ask Him to give you the Holy Spirit. And he will do that because he is a good God. Look at the equation that our Lord puts out there. He says, if you then being evil, so now he's talking about the unbelievers, he's talking about people out there who are evil um, and everybody out there who is not in Christ is evil. It sounds kind of weird, but that's exactly the case because remember Jesus said, you are your father, the devil. And so everybody who is not born again has the nature of the devil on the inside of them. And so uh, they're evil, whether, you know, the the, the the person who behaves as in, in such a good manner and is such a, a good person is still evil as far as heaven is concerned because they have the nature of the devil inside of them. So our Lord says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. And he's talking about a normal father giving good gifts to his children. Um on their birthday whatever it is he says you guys know how to do it now how much more won't your heavenly father give you the holy spirit to ask whoever asks him and so as children of god we come before god the father and we ask him for the holy spirit and that's exactly what he's going to give us Jesus said he's a good God and that's what he is a good father and that is what he will give us. And so the very first step that we take to being filled with the Holy Spirit is we go to God our Father and in the name of Jesus we ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. That that's the very first step we take. We go you know in, in prayer. And so you can do this on your own. You don't have to have hands laid on you. But you can also, if it's easier, as we said, to have an, another saint who has been filled with the Holy Spirit already lay hands on you so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we do is we go to our Father and we ask him to fill us. And that's exactly what he will do as Jesus said he would. And so that we can expect. But when we do ask the Father, we have to ask in faith. We have to believe that he's gonna give the, whole, give the Holy Spirit to us. And he, we have to believe that we can receive it from him. Let's have a look at another scripture that will help us along this line, which is in Galatians chapter 3, beginning at verse 2. And we're going to look at verse 2 we and we're going to look at verse 5. And this is Paul writing to the church, churches in Galatia. And he's just um, reminding them how they received the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, guys... Do you remember? This is how you received the Holy Spirit. So we, you know, by looking at, at how they received the Holy Spirit, gives us a bit more insight as to how we can receive the Holy Spirit from God our Father. He said, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And then verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so it is by faith that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that we receive the Holy Spirit. Remember Paul, when he uh, spoke to those disciples in Ephesus, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And so that's how we receive. We we go to our Father in the name of Jesus. We ask Him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We have to believe it. And so it's an act of faith that we have to take in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, one more step needs to be taken. And that is faith demands action. All right? Faith without works is dead. And so we have to put our action to our faith. We have to act on the word of God. We have to act on what we, what we believe. So when you go to the Father and you are Father, receive, uh, fill me with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And then I, I thank you now, Father. I thank you that I receive because that's my act of faith. I'm thanking because I receive because I believe. So I'm thanking it. That's the way we do it. And so we thank God for filling us with the Holy Spirit. Now I need to respond in, action, in faith by giving action to the, what I believe in my heart. Um, and how do we respond in faith? Well, there's, there's one clear evidence that we've seen in Scripture that is evidence of us having been filled with the Holy Spirit. We will speak with other tongues. That is the clear evidence of us being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we then get given this heavenly language and we can speak a heavenly language before God our Father. Now there are other phenomena that occur, we've said that in, and in, in, we've seen it in Scripture. People experience the power of God coming upon them, the tangible power of God and, and you know, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon. It's like uh, somebody pouring um, oil over you or, or just drenching you with with electricity Uh, there's so many different a warm glow there's uh, there's so many different experiences that people have had when the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon them that we can't explain them all and but it may be that there's nothing you don't feel anything tangibly however there will be the evidence of speaking in other tongues that is always going to take place for the believer who is filled with the Holy Spirit And so we've asked the Father in the name of Jesus to fill us with the Holy Spirit. We believe by faith that he gives us the Holy Spirit, that we receive the Holy Spirit. Now I need to respond. So let's talk from the point of view of a saint not experiencing any tangible power coming upon them that they can actually feel the Holy Spirit, although there are many when you lay hands on them they feel the power of god coming in and yet they still struggle to speak with other tongues and that's the we're we're going to try and overcome this particular area today because uh, we want to discuss the 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 gift of other tongues and so if the saint can't speak in other tongues it's very difficult for the saint to understand the, the benefits thereof and so we have to act on take that step of faith when we say i thank you that i have received the Holy Spirit. The, the, you filled me with the Holy Spirit. Um, we have to do something. And what do we do? Let's go back to Acts chapter 2 verse 4 again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they did something. They were full. God fills us. That's what God does. We ask. He does it. He fills us. All right. So he's done. His, we've done part of it. We've asked him. In faith, He's done His part. He has now filled us with His Holy Spirit. Now we need to respond when He fills us. How do we respond? Listen to what the, the Scripture says again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as a, as the Spirit gave them utterance. But they are the ones who began to speak with other tongues. Okay, so the Holy Spirit... Okay, yeah. The Holy Spirit does not take possession of our bodies. And he, we do not become possessed with the Holy Spirit. Now, in, in, in Satan's kingdom, uh, people do become possessed by demon spirits. Uh, it's, it's common that out there that there are people that are possessed with demon spirits. Now, when pe- a person is possessed by a demon spirit, that demon is able to take possession um, control of the person's vocal cord and use that their vocal cords to speak. And so it's very possible, and it does happen, that demons speak through people. Um, and the person has no control of it because that demon has taken possession of that individual. That, that, that is what de- being demon-possessed really means, is that the demon has taken full possession of that individual and the demon uses that individual's body as he sees fit and speaks through the, their mouth Uh, And so it's the demon who, who takes over completely and uses their vocal cords. Now, when we as saints are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not possessed with the Holy Spirit. And so he does not take possession of our vocal cords. And so we just, you know, he takes over and this body now becomes his. Not at all. That's not, that's not how God operates at all. He fills us with the Holy Spirit, okay? And look at what the Scripture says. And the Spirit gave them utterance. So what the Spirit does is He gives us the, the spiritual uh, language. He gives us the utterance. It is the tongue. He gives it to us. And so we have it but look what happened and they began to speak with other tongues and so they gave voice to the tongues that they had on the inside of them and this is where a lot of christians take strain because they don't understand how to cooperate with the holy spirit because it's all by faith again don't forget we step out in faith and then we walk on the water so we um, can walk physically god has given us the ability to walk uh, we just don't know how, we can't walk on water. God causes us to walk on water, but we have to step out of the boat, onto the water, in order for him to be able to allow us to walk on water. So we do our part, he does his. And this is where Christians take strain, because they, they struggle to recognize how to do their part. And a lot of Christians, when they get, even though when they feel the tangible power of God coming upon them... Um, expect God to now... And they, their mouths are open and they expect God to just not start speaking through them. But that's not God. He doesn't do that. He does not take possession of the individual. He just fills us and now we cooperate with Him. We are God's fellow laborers. And so we need to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit um, who now is residing on the inside of us and has given us this utterance. So... What we have to understand is that speaking in tongues has got nothing to do with your mind. The, in the, the scripture talks about the fact that um, when I when I speak when I pray with a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Translated means my mind hasn't got a clue what's going on. Okay, so tongues has got nothing to do with what's up here. We, you, your your brain does not understand tongues cannot understand it it is a it's a spiritual language given to your spirit by the holy spirit and it's and there's another key it's your spirit who is given the language god doesn't give it up here he gives it down here in our spirit and so the mind has absolutely no um, involvement in speaking with other tongues So this is where you need, because now you're starting to walk in the realm of the spirit. One who speaks in other tongues is is operating in the realm of the spirit. The realm of the understanding is completely uh, left outside of this uh, activity that you're partaking of. And so the mind doesn't know anything. So you cannot begin to imagine words that might come up in your mind, because no word's going to go into your mind. Your mind doesn't recognize tongues your mind does your mind can't come up with these words these words are inside your spirit and so the holy spirit has given the language the utterance to your spirit it's there and um, but it's not in your mind and so to try and imagine what you're going to say is foolishness because you can't imagine it because it has nothing to do with your imagination got nothing to do with your brain all right. It's just these, this, you know that there's something in there that can come out if I would just now give voice to it. All right. So what? one of the things that we do is that you, by faith, you just start to speak out what could be there. Now, now whatever could be there, just again, you need to understand your brain is going to say, but that's rubbish, your brain is going to say, that but that's garbage. What are you doing? You're being so stupid by, by speaking these silly sounds. Because your brain hasn't got a clue what it's, what it's all about. Because the understanding is unfruitful. Un, your, your, your understanding doesn't understand spiritual things. This is a spiritual experience. And so you have to ignore. The Bible talks about the fact that the spiritual things are foolishness to the carnal mind. And so... The, your carnal thinking will think but that's actually stupid don't don't say that don't don't try and mumble as jumbo things don't try and let that come out your, because it does make sense and you've got to just learn to shut your brain down and allow your spirit to speak because it the words come out of your spirit they do not come out of your mind at all it's got your mind's got nothing to do with tongues uh, it, it comes out of your spirit it's a very, and as we discuss how tongues actually work once we've just gone through this section quickly, um, you will see how, how it's an amazing, it's a miracle of God, kind of, because your spirit is able to then use your vocal cords. When I'm t- as I'm talking to you now, my mind is using my vocal cords because the, the thoughts are coming through my mind and, my, and it's, it's like we get taught to, to speak as we grow up as, as little babies, You know, we could talk to say da da Mama," whatever it is we could talk to say. And so our language starts at that level and grows over the years and we become more proficient at it. And when we come into the kingdom of God, the spiritual language that we receive from the Holy Spirit can and should and does start off at that level as well. Although a lot of people do come into... Um, a fluent language straight away mine wasn't like that when i came into the kingdom i was baptized with the holy spirit and i spoke with tongues my tongue was like, like, like that kind of and it was almost embarrassing to speak of But i just carried carried on because i knew i was speaking in tongues and i knew i was praying to god and so i just carried on and god then gave me a more fluent language as a Grew in, in the language for want of a better way of putting it across. And so when you speak in other tongues, it is not going to sound like anything intelligent to your brain. So you just need to let your brain take a holiday for that period of time so that you can give yourself over to your spirit and allow your spirit to speak through you. Because that's what he will do. He, that's what he wants to do. He's got the he's, he's got the time. The Holy Spirit has given. Because let's how get the, the the points across again. We go to the Father. Father, in Jesus' name. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would do it because he's a good father. So he's done that. I thank him for it because now I believed it. The Bible says that his spirit gives me the utterance. So he's given it to me. Now that language is there. My spirit has got it. My spirit now wants to give voice to the language that he has because he wants to uh, magnify God in the language given to him by the Holy Spirit. So now the spirit's ready to go. He wants to get hold of these vocal cords and speak it out. The brain is trying to put a blockage there and say, wait a minute, I don't know this so much, you know, because I need to know what's going on. And you need to say, brain, you take a holiday. I'm going to let my spirit now speak through my mouth and let the language come out through from my spirit because it comes from the spirit. It doesn't come up here. It comes from down here. And so, it, it, this is going to sound a bit strange but this is a way that does help you to speak in other tongues because you've got to recognize where the tongue comes from. It comes from your spirit, all right, and that's where the, 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 the difference you've got, to, where you've got to recognize the difference comes from. It doesn't come from your mind. So your mind doesn't get to hear these words and now you're repeating them. As we do when we grow up, we, we, when we're growing up we hear the words in our minds and we repeat those words and we begin to associate what those words mean and how they get attached to certain Dada means that over there, Mama means that lady over there. And that's how we recognize. And as we become more proficient, so we can form more syllables and we can then begin to speak um, more intelligently for want of a better word. Um, But also, before I get to speaking with tongues now, just any language, when you're going to speak a language, you have to use your tongue, huh? you have to use your lips, All right? because it's through the tongue and the lips, the, the, the sound is coming through the voice box. This is sounding very technical, I know it sounds weird, but it, it, it should help certain people out there who struggle to get this right. The sound is coming through the voice box. But in order for... Because it's one... It goes in different pitches and that, obviously. But in order for the word to form, the word needs the tongue and the lips to move in certain uh, formations in order for the sound that comes out to come out in the form of words that other people can hear and understand. So that's like a very technical explanation, but that's pretty much how language works. So when you're going to speak in other tongues... You cannot just go, ah, and then expect a language to come out. No, you've got to, the tongue's got to move and the lips are going to move. You've got to give expression to the language coming out of your mouth. It has to, these two organs have to be working in conjunction to allow what's in the voice box to come out in, a, in, a, in syllables that are understandable to God, by the way okay so that's the technical side so now if you want to speak in other tongues one of the ways you can do it you remember when you were a young child you used to go to the doctor and you wanted to check your tonsils what did he used to say he said open your mouth and say ah that's what he would say and so you would and he said stick out your tongue open your mouth "Ah," so he could then put that thing on your tongue and look at your tonsils and whatever so one of the ways you can do it and it does help is you just Give voice to your voice box and allow that ah to come out. All right, because now the ah is coming out of your spirit by faith. It is coming out of your spirit. As you say an ah, then start moving your tongue and moving your lips at the same time, and that ah will then and so the the language will come, and you will start saying <speaking in> shalabrethre <Spanish> and you will speak with other tongues as the spirit gives you utterance for the Holy Spirit residing in you shall give you the language and you shall speak it intelligently and you shall be gloriously blessed by God the Father that's what the Holy Spirit just said to me now and so that is how the gift of tongues works. That's the practical practical side that I can give you to help any believer out there who's struggling to uh, respond to the influence of the Holy Spirit by speaking in other tongues. And um, I think I've gone on enough on that particular point uh, on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not how to be filled, well, it is, because remember, we go to our Father, we say, Father, in Jesus' name, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you do that. And he does. He gives me the utterance and now I give voice by speaking out that language which is in my spirit. Mine doesn't have a clue what I'm saying. Don't forget. So don't let your mind tell you that sounds stupid. Don't speak it out. That's not stupid. That is spirit and you speak it out because God gave you that language. And so now we're going to move on to the topic of the gift of tongues because we do need to understand uh, the topic of the gift of tongues. Um... Because that is really not the crux, but that is one of the major blessings we receive when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And before we, in order to understand the gift of tongues, I just need to um, explain an, the, an aspect in Scripture that speaks about another type of tongue. For there are two different kinds of tongues in the New Testament. There is the gift of tongues, which is given to every single believer. Um, And so when you get that gift of tongues, that is you are able to exercise that gift at any given time. There's no anointing that has to come upon you in order for you to be able to speak in other tongues. Um, That is your prayer language. That is the language given to you by the Holy Spirit so that you can communicate with God the Father directly. And we'll get get into all of that as we go through the series of teachings. But And that, as I said, there's no um, specific anointing that has to come upon you in order for you to be able to speak out that language. As you speak it out the very first time, so you continue to speak it every time you want to, whenever you want to. Um, That language is available. That is your spirit's prayer language. That's what what God given your spirit. Your spirit, by the way, understands that language, but we won't get into that side of it today. And so that particular language is available to you for the rest of your time on this planet and don't forget tongues is given to the church age only Um, it it was never given to the saints before uh, the church anyway the scripture does talk about another gift of tongues and we do need to differentiate between the two Let's have a look at the other gift of tongues, and then I'm going to comment on the difference between the two gifts. The scripture we're looking at is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Scripture says, "To another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues." And so, um, people look at this scripture. And they take it out of context and they say, See, tongues is not for everybody. Because in, in this scripture, Paul in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking about the gifts of the Spirit and he lists nine specific gifts of the Holy Spirit. Of the gifts of the Spirit, the, of the nine gifts that are listed in this particular passage of scripture, seven of them, were available to the saints under the Old Covenant. If you go look at the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, you will see each one of those gifts being made manifest through the prophets uh, in the Old Covenant. Um, Working of miracles, gifts of healings, uh, um, what else is there? Prophecy, um, discernment of spirits was there, Um, word of of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of the other gifts. there's, There's nine in total and seven were made manifest under the old covenant two of them were not made manifest under the old covenant that was the gift of tongues diverse kind of tongues and the interpretation of tongues those two gifts of the spirit are only available to the church today with the church because were, the church didn't exist before our lord jesus uh, was raised from the dead and so those two gifts are, are available to the church only and it's right from the time that uh, the the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost until such a time as our Lord returns those two gifts are available to the church it's those two gifts are unique to the church age and they're available to the the church from the, the whole period but those two gifts and those two gifts always work in conjunction together for one would then speak out a, gift, uh, in, in a, a message in diverse kind of tongues and then somebody would interpret that tongue. So the gift is not called the translation of tongues, it's called the interpretation of tongues. So that's quite often why you would hear the, the gift of tongues being given out in a kind of lengthy uh, message and then the interpretation comes out relatively short because the interpretation is pretty much just a summary of what the Holy Spirit was saying. And so that's why it's called the gift of the interpretation of tongues so that particular gift is given to only certain individuals i'm talking about now the gift of diverse kind of tongues it is the the difference between the gift of other tongues and the gift of diverse kind of tongues the gift of other tongues is given to each saint who is filled with the holy spirit and that language stays the same for the rest of their time that they're on the earth. It it can vary from time to time as the Lord wills, but by and large, their language stays exactly the same uh, until they go to be with the Lord. The one who receives the gift of diverse kinds of tongues, that particular language, it is a different language to the language that one receives as the gift of other tongues in the prayer language. Um, You say, how do I know that? Well, the Lord has blessed me with both gifts. I operate in the gift of diverse kind of tongues, as as one of the the ministry gifts the Lord has given me, plus the interpretation of tongues. Now, when I speak with diverse kind of tongues, and this is why we just need to clarify this, because it is in the Bible, um, the language that I speak then is not the same language that I speak when I pray in my prayer closet. When I pray in my prayer closet, it's a completely different language. And when I'm praying in my prayer closet before the Father, I can't speak out the diverse kind of tongue language. It doesn't manifest through me because that is not my prayer language. That is not the gift of other tongues given to me, given to my spirit, so I can pray to God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord in the Spirit. The gift of diverse kind of tongues only makes itself manifest as the Spirit walks, just like the gift of prophecy only makes itself manifest as the Spirit walks. So one in in a meeting, a a church gathering, would speak out with, with the gift of prophecy, but he would only speak out with the gift of prophecy because the Holy Spirit would come upon him and he would be anointed of the Holy Spirit in that moment to speak out a divine utterance given to him by God. The gift of diverse kind of tongues works in exactly the same manner the individual that then speaks it out speaks out on the spur of the moment given uh, by the holy spirit the anointing comes upon the individual and they then speak out by divine utterance in an unknown language the word of god but that on its own in, in, in a meeting means nothing unless there's somebody in that same meeting who can then interpret what the individual spoke out. Um, And so that's why Paul said let him pray uh, ask that he may interpret otherwise let him keep silent in the church because there's no good speaking out a, 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 a tongue in the church and nobody understands what was said and nobody gives the interpretation no one's blessed only the individual and God and so that that doesn't help anyone. So when we speak out in this gift here the gift of diverse kinds of tongues um, the, the gift of the interpretation of tongues must always be present at the same time in order for the body to be blessed. Otherwise, it, mean, it serves no purpose to speak it out loud. Rather than, as why Paul says, then, if there's no interpreter, rather than just speak to yourself and speak to God and keep, you know, keep your tongue at a, a lower level so that you don't disrupt everybody else. But the point that I wanted to get across here is that there are two different languages and they're two different kinds of tongues. It's, it's, the one is a gift, um, a spiritual gift. They're both spiritual gifts, okay? But the one is, as I said, the, when you have this prayer language given to you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can speak in that language at anything. You can, on the bus, when you're on the train, in your airplane, driving your car, at any time, you can speak out that language and, and pray to God. But this gift of diverse kind of tongues Mm -mm, doesn't work you have to be anointed the Holy Spirit has to come upon you at that instant and give you the language and you can then and only then speak out this particular message to the church in this time now that's given as a sign to the unbelievers and obviously it's a blessing to the body of Christ. But uh, that, as I said, has to be in conjunction with the person who can interpret. And obviously the person who speaks out the tongue is also able to interpret. And I just uh, demonstrated that earlier in this teaching where the Lord gave me that tongue and I interpreted that same tongue. Uh, that was not my prayer language, by the way. There was a, a language that I, I can't speak in my, in, in, when I pray. Now, and the gift of other tongues, the language changes from time to time. God then, you know, I I can speak out in a completely foreign dialect uh, when I'm giving out that kind of a message from God. Um, And it's not a dialect I know. It's not a dialect I've ever heard in my prayer closet. Uh, It's just on the spur of the moment. The Holy Spirit has moved upon me to now give this message out in diverse kind of tongues in a different language. And that's God. He can do that and he does do that and that's the supernatural but that's the difference between the two now when I, in my prayer closet from time to time as I'm praying God will move upon me and I will speak out in diverse kind of tongues and then interpret that as well um, because that then blesses me because God then speaks to me through that but not always and that happens you know as the spirit wills. but Somebody who gives out a message in a church meeting using their normal tongue that they would speak in when their prayer closet, that is not this gift in manifestation. That is a person just speaking out of their own spirit. And so uh, I always try and counsel people, don't, you know, you you might feel exuberant. You might feel like you want to praise the Lord with your tongue. Fine, but that's not a, a message to the body of Christ because you're not speaking out. Um, in this this gift called diverse kind of tongues, because the two languages are always different. God doesn't use the same language. And the person who's speaking out in diverse kind of tongues cannot speak out that language unless the Holy Spirit gives them the unction at that time. And so people who speak out in their own um, prayer language tongue in a meeting are just speaking out of their own spirits and they just Uh, being exuberant and they're praising God. Now somebody who would interpret that that tongue so to speak has not really is not operating in the gift of interpretation of tongues because uh, the person who spoke out didn't speak out of this gift. The person just spoke out of their own prayer language and God doesn't give the interpretation for my prayer language to somebody else. That's not how God operates. This gift is, is different. And so it's very important for us to understand the difference between the two, so that there's no confusion, because people do take this con- this scripture out of context and say, "See, the gift of tongues is not for everyone." That's correct, the gift of diverse kind of tongues is not for everyone, it's given to certain just as prophecy is given to certain individuals, Word of wisdom is given to certain individuals, Word of knowledge given to certain individuals. So the gift of diverse kind of tongues is only given to certain individuals and the gift of the interpretation of tongues is only given to certain individuals. However, the gift of other tongues the prayer language gift is given to every single saint who is filled with the holy spirit and that's the difference between these two types of 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 tongues and again the the gift of tongues is um only for the church age before uh the uh, the holy spirit was poured out in the day of pentecost tongues had not been heard about it had been prophesied about the the prophets had spoken about Uh, individuals coming along and speaking with stammering lips and that was a reference to tongues that would be made manifest in the church today and so they prophesied that this was going to come but it wasn't available to the saints under the old covenant now the, the reason for that is very clear they weren't born again and because they weren't born again the holy spirit couldn't reside on the inside of their spirits and because the holy spirit wasn't there he couldn't give them this utterance he couldn't give them a a prayer language a heavenly language a, a tongue that they could speak to god in because they couldn't they didn't have it and so under this dispensation we're in under the church age we have the holy spirit residing on the inside of us he does give us this prayer language called other tongues and it is an absolute blessing to the church that God in his wisdom, in his infinite wisdom, has given us this prayer language that can bypass this and use this. Because this is where God dwells, in my spirit. And there there is so much that we do not understand with our, our natural minds that we cannot pray God's perfect will with our understanding because there's just too much out there. And so God in his infinite wisdom has given us this heavenly language and the language can be heavenly because remember Paul said I speak with the tongue of, tongues of men and of angels so it can be and we saw in the book of Acts 2 uh, where they, they spoke in different languages that other individuals could understand because they were known languages at the time and so it is possible that when we speak out in our, our prayer language that somebody else on the planet does understand it because that's a language that that's their home language but to the individual who's praying he doesn't understand it because you know, it's not his language uh, it's his prayer language but it's not uh, his, his mother tongue kind of um, and so it is it's so important for us to be able to operate in this particular gift because as i say god has given it to the church and we need to know operate learn how to operate in it i'm going to start teaching on praying effectively in the spirit and we'll see how far we go because i've covered quite a lot of ground already just on on uh, how to be filled with the spirit and also the difference between the gift of diverse kind of tongues, which is a gift of the holy spirit being made manifest in a church meeting That's what that gift is for. When the saints are gathered together in a meeting, that gift is made manifest amongst the saints. In the the individuals who have been given that gift, not everybody gets it. Okay. However, the gift of other tongues is given to every saint to be used by them whenever they want to in speaking to the Father in prayer. And that prayer is always heard, by the way. That prayer is always heard because that prayer is praying the perfect will of God. So we're now going to concentrate on the gift of other tongues, not diverse kind of tongues, because that falls under the realm of the nine gifts of the Spirit. But I needed to put out that particular point just to try and help people to understand the difference between the two because that can get confused and people uh, mix them up. And because they get them mixed up, Uh, It creates confusion in the body of Christ. Diverse kind of tongues, part of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Not everybody gets that. And that gift is only used in a church gathering. Or can be used in your own private prayer life as the Spirit wills. Different language completely. And that language changes also as the Holy Spirit descends. He would now wants to speak out in a Chinese dialect. He wants to speak out in a Russian dialect. He wants to speak out in a Hebrew dialect. I've been told quite often, sometimes that the tongue that comes out of my mouth sounds very like Hebrew, and I have no idea what Hebrew sounds like. But anyway, um, but that is the Holy Spirit, The gift of other tongues, also the Holy Spirit. But this particular tongue is my my Spirit's language, and so my Spirit inside of me can speak it whenever he wants to uh and so that's the freedom there there's no i don't have to wait for an anointing from the holy spirit to speak that one because now i'm i'm speaking my spirit is speaking that one holy spirit is speaking through me as i yield to him but this one my spirit is speaking through me as i yield to him Uh, sounds kind of weird but that's exactly what happens so we want to learn to pray effectively with tongues, because this is a gift given to us by God in order to pray effectively. Let's have a look at a scripture that will help us along this line, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at verse 2, and then I'm going to pick up on other verses within there. We're going to drop all the way down to verse 18. But starting at verse 2, our Paul is teaching the church on this gift of other tongues, and he's helping us to understand how to operate in it and how it blesses us. And how we should use it so he says for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God for no one understands him however in the Spirit he speaks mysteries verse 14 for if I pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful and we discussed that earlier in how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that your spirit can speak through you Um, verse 15, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So we can also sing in our heavenly language. And that's a blessing too. And then verse 18, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. And so this is Paul writing, he thanked God that he spoke with tongues more than anybody else on the planet at that time. Um, and I would imagine that Paul still holds the, the record. is that Because he learned early on what an absolute blessing it is to be able to speak in other tongues. Um, and so he really went for it and he could say quite confidently, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And uh, there were a lot of spiritual people out there in that in Paul's day. Peter was there, John was there, James was there. Uh, You know, Barnabas was there, Timothy, there's some real spiritual guys out there and Paul is saying, I think, my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul had learned the secret that uh, speaking in tongues there is a a tremendous power available to the saint who will give themselves over to speaking in the spirit as much as possible. So why does the Holy Spirit give us this this gift of other tongues? Well, there's several reasons. The primary reason that God gives us this gift is so that we can pray God's perfect will. For when we're speaking in an unknown tongue, we are praying the perfect will of the Father for the situation we bring into Him in prayer. Let's have a look at a scripture that helps us to reinforce that particular point. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 26 Scripture says, Likewise the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts, talking about the Holy Spirit, knows what the mind of the Spirit, i was talking about God the Father, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, talking about the Holy Spirit, because He, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so here you actually have God praying to God through the saint. And so it is the perfect will of the Father that is being prayed. Now, he, I know he's talking about groanings here, and these groanings are available to... Even the saints who have not been filled with the Holy Spirit and not and cannot speak in other tongues, the groaning in the Spirit is is a, is a different uh, topic entirely. It's uh, it's praying. With look what, look what he says here. Uh, he says, "With uh, with groanings which cannot be uttered," and so these groanings. Can't, this is not speaking in tongues because these groanings can't be uttered. Um, And you recall our Lord when he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead the Bible talks about the fact that he groaned within himself Uh, and groaning is is something that is available to every saint um, as the Spirit moves upon because it's the Spirit who does the groaning look at what he he says here um, for we know not what to pray for us we ought but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So then the Holy Spirit is now groaning within the individual, and that groaning is just coming out. You know, Lord, and, you know, it's, it's, it's groaning, and you can't utter it. And that's the Holy Spirit. And He is giving, he's groaning to God the Father about whatever it is that he's, he's interceding, because it talks about intercession. Spirit himself makes intercession for, uh, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so that's like a, that is intercession. Um, and that's available to all saints. But the point that I wanted to bring across here from this passage of Scripture is that it's the Holy Spirit who knows the will of the Father in whatever the situation is. And so when we are giving voice to praying in the Spirit, when we pray with other tongues, because remember, we, uh, our Spirit prays as the Spirit gives us utterance. He gives us the language. And so the Holy Spirit resides inside of us at all times. And so when my spirit is praying, this heavenly language, my spirit is praying being led by the Holy Spirit. And I am praying the perfect will of the Father for the situation that I'm praying about. Um, It's so important for us to recognize this particular aspect about praying, um, using tongues in our prayer language, in our prayer time, should I say. Think about it. Think even if even somebody that you know intimately, that your spouse, you know exactly what they're going through. You know what their their problems. You do not know everything about that person. You do not know the inner, the deep inner thoughts of their hearts. You you know you you. There's so much you don't know. God knows everything, and so when you bring somebody before the Lord in prayer. And you now say, Father, I'm going to now pray for so and so with my spirit in the name of Jesus. Then you give yourself over to praying God's perfect will for that individual. For God the Father knows exactly what the inner deep inner thoughts are, he knows exactly what what needs to be changed in their thinking in order for them to uh, go down a different road he he knows what what needs to be set up around them uh, what individuals need to be brought into contact with them and so you don't know that not with you with your understanding you haven't got a clue what's going on okay about certain things we I mean, there's just so much that we don't know I mean, there's a whole spiritual realm out there. There, there. there are angels around us all the time. There are demons around all the time. There, you know, there's just so much going on that we haven't got a clue what's going on, okay? But the Spirit of God does. He knows exactly what's going on. And so he gives us this ability to pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus and pray God's perfect will in that situation. And it, and you, you you we we haven't begun to touch, uh, touch on the depths that are available to the saint that gives themselves over to praying in other spirit in the spirit. Look, look at Paul again. I thank my God. He thanked God that he prayed with tongues more than everybody else. He knew. He understood the concept. He, he's the only apostle who taught us about tongues. Now all of the other apostles spoke in other tongues, Garrett, and we know that. Um, but, uh, and look most probably they, they did that they taught on other tongues as well but the holy spirit he, he gave paul that much revelation that the holy spirit said okay paul you give the the church this chapter and that's going to be good enough the church will be able to run with this and so paul got given the the, the anointing by god to teach us on how to uh, on the on this blessing called the gift of other tongues and it is such a blessing that we are able to pray uh, the will of the Father in whatever situation that we're praying for and we will we know that God hears us this is also remember John says you know we have confidence um, we know that we have what we receive when, when God the Father hears our prayers uh, this is kind of a paraphrase but that's not exactly what he said but the, the, the gist of it was is that if God hears us then we know we've got we've got our petition. God always hears tongues. Now, think about this, guys, because you, you need to understand this concept. When we are walking in sin, known sin, I'm not talking about sin, sin of ignorance now. Uh, when we're walking in sin, known sin, uh, our prayers are blocked. The Bible talks, uh, Peter says, um, yeah, Peter says, you know, don't get into hassles with your spouse because your prayers get hindered. And so your prayers do get hindered. However, when we pray in the Spirit, when we pray... Remember, Paul, Paul talks about, I will pray with my understanding and I will pray with my Spirit. And he talks about, I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Paul always places praying in the Spirit first. Because praying in the Spirit is that much more effective. Anyway, so the point that I wanted to get across here, and I'm going to close off now because I ran out of time, um, is that when you pray in the Spirit, God the Father always hears your prayer. Because you're praying, because your spirit is always in fellowship with God. Your spirit never steps out of fellowship with God. We do, but the spirit doesn't, because the Holy Spirit resides in it. And so when you pray with your spirit, when you pray in other tongues, your prayer is always heard. God the Father always hears that prayer. And I really am going to close off on that. We'll carry on um, tomorrow, or on the next uh, series of teaching, on the gift of tongues, and we'll look at it in a lot more depth and a lot more... Um, there's so many aspects to it but know this that when you pray in other tongues you are praying the perfect will of the father and there's no better way to pray there's absolutely no better way to pray Thank you.